Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren, and I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday and to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Race to Retire podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our Retirement Rescue Game Plan which is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge, by the way, to your front door. Once again, all you have to do to get that retirement rescue game plan is go to warrenwealth.net. Now, um, we are uh, only days away from Thanksgiving, and that's, uh, that's pretty exciting to, to some. Um, do you have any big Thanksgiving plans, or do you do anything for Thanksgiving? Uh, is there a Bosnian tradition? Um, uh, kind of the same as American traditions, you know, get family together and eat food. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, is that different than, uh, uh, November 23rd or not really, not really. Yeah. Yeah. About the same. All right. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're pretty much going to be doing the the same thing. It's going to have the, um, um, really just the, uh, small family get together. Uh, I'll tell you what I am doing though. Um, my daughter, my, um, daughter who's in seventh grade, um, London, she wants to do a, uh, or we're going to have a, she calls it a friends giving. Oh yeah. She's going to invite some friends over on uh, the Tuesday before mm-hmm. and, um, they're going to hang and, you know, probably not eat a, a like turkey or any, anything mm-hmm. like that, but maybe, maybe just pizza, some pizza. Uh, maybe yeah. some KFC, something like that. I'm not sure okay. what, uh, what she wants to do, but, uh, not I big guess turkey that's, fans. I guess that's what they do. I don't know. I mean, who's going to, ma- all right, who's going to make the turkey on Tuesday? London. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm not making turkey on oh, Tuesday okay. and for a Friendsgiving and then doing it again on Thursday. That's ridiculous. Oh, anyway, okay. let's get into some money matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Hey, you know what, you know, in addition to um, it being the Thanksgiving and the holiday season, it is also tax planning season. Um, And what do I mean by that? That's generally the time when uh, we, uh, here in the office, we uh, schedule time to meet with clients. And it generally starts around October-ish. And actually, we're basically wrapping up our, um, our tax planning season to see how we can uh, save money, uh, how we can help our clients um, save money in, in taxes. And so um, uh, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to discuss that a little bit simply because, you know, when 
when you're when we're talking about taxes and tax savings, which by the way seems um, you know pretty common now. I know that uh, there are a lot of uh, financial advisors and brokers out there who are now or have or been trying to talk taxes the last uh, two or three years or so. And, you know, the way it, it boils down like this, basically financial advisors and brokers, they are and have been trained for years and years just to basically accumulate assets, right? Get assets and investments um, from their uh from their uh, potential clients and clients, right? Gather as many assets uh, as you can. And you've seen this transition um, uh, or this, uh, I, always, I call it a, a supposed transition where now um, advisors are starting to talk taxes. And I always say, you know, people who, who are um, falling for these um, advisors talking about taxes, just beware, um, you need to be aware, and then you also need to be aware that uh, most of the time it is a, uh, a marketing ploy. I call it tax bait, right, where uh, advisors, brokers, uh, people who work for uh, these wire houses is what they're called, are not really trained in taxes. But they know to get people in the door or to get people to attend their events, they'll say that they'll talk about taxes. And I call that tax bait because the bottom line is they do not know what they are doing. They don't know what they're doing. And then you're like, okay, well, what about uh, an accountant or my tax guy or a, a CPA? Um, and yes, uh, they do know what they're talking about in relation to, to taxes. However, when you think about the role of an accountant, an, an accountant, right, a CPA, they basically account for history. They are basically um, recording what has happened, right? You come in after January 1st, you give them all your receipts, your information, your income, and then they take it away and then they let you know uh, how much you owe Uncle Sam or, if you're lucky enough, um, uh, what kind of refund you're getting. And it's generally because you overpaid and you're just getting your money back. And so um, that's the problem with the account the accountants, they are basically reactive, right? They are giving you tax advice or preparing your taxes after the fact, right? And the difference between that and a true tax planner is tax planning and being a planner, you have to be proactive, right? And so this is what we have. We have advisors who don't know what they're doing, just trying to get you in the door and getting you with the bait and switch, right? Um, and then you have your general accountant or the person who handles your taxes. And really all they're doing is just preparing your taxes and not giving you any proactive advice. However, here in our office or at Warren Wealth Management, we are tax strategists and, of course, we're investment managers and financial and retirement planners. We basically have it all in-house, in, in right? We are not only, like I said, we not only deal with investments, but we also deal with taxes. We have enrolled agents. I'm an enrolled agent, and we have enrolled agents on staff, which, by the way, what is an enrolled agent? Basically what that is, it's basically the um, highest designation that is given by the IRS. Um, we are basically empowered by the United States Treasury to represent taxpayers uh, before the IRS, right, if they have any issues, things of that nature. We're licensed in all 50 states. And um, we are knowledgeable because uh, we had to study for this. Uh, we are knowledgeable on tax code, tax law, and tax theory. 
So in addition to knowing uh, about the, the Wall Street, the stock market, bonds, fixed income, annuities, all these investments that are out there, we also know about taxes. And it's not the bait and switch here at Warren Wealth Management. The left hand knows what the right hand is doing. And so generally speaking, if you go and talk to your advisor or your broker and you ask them about taxes, although maybe they got you in the door because they said they know about taxes, they're still going to shuffle you off to someone else, right? And, of course, vice versa with the CPA. If you start, start talking about investments, they're going to potentially shuffle you off um, to uh, someone else. But here, uh, it is all under one roof. When we are making investment decisions, we are thinking about what is going on with taxes. How will that affect your current taxes, and then, of course, your future taxes. And then on the flip side, when we are doing taxes and uh, trying to find ways to save you money in taxes, we're also looking at it, at it from an investment standpoint, what investments are uh, tax efficient, what investments will benefit you down the road um, in, a, uh, in a tax manner if we're able to uh, put a, or construct a solid portfolio. And those are the biggest differences when we're talking about full financial planning, holistic financial planning, the fact is that, you know, you really basically, you know, have to be uh, prepared. Um, and I really think that that's the way uh, you'll see uh, most uh, advisory practices uh, try to go if they can. I mean, there, there's this old paradigm of, like I said, accumulating assets, focusing just on investment management. And I always dare to say that, you know, when you're in that accumulation phase, um, you know, it's really just about having a good diversified portfolio and just putting away money as you're trying to build up that nest egg. But then once you get to the top of that retirement mountain, now things shift and things change. And that is where uh, I think a good retirement planner, a financial planner, uh, comes into play because there are many pitfalls that can happen uh, once you're retired. That's when uh, you're not getting that paycheck from that employer. You're responsible for your paycheck. That is when you still should be, re be concerned about the return on your money, but you should be more concerned about the, about the return of your money uh, that is going to be there, and you're going to be able to use it throughout retirement. So there are a lot of different things that can happen once you're retired, and one of the biggest expenses that you have when, when you're retired are taxes. There's been this myth uh, or this... Um, um, Really, I call it a myth, uh, this myth about the fact that, hey, uh, once you retire, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket, you're going to want lower income, uh, so forth or so on. And the bottom line is what we have experienced with, with our uh, families and the people that we work with is that, no, they want just as much income uh, while they were working uh, now that they're retired. They don't want to uh, take a 40% cut in income. They want to do things. They've worked hard for that money. They want to experience it and experience life and experience retirement to the fullest. And that costs money. And when you have uh, in that just as much income coming in, you don't, you aren't in a lower tax bracket. And then on top of that, once you retired, once you uh, hit the retirement pinnacle, for the most part, a lot of the deductions that you had while you were working are gone. And so that is why tax planning is so important once you are retired and you have to make sure that you're working with someone who actually knows what they're talking about because most advisors don't. And then you also have to make sure that you are working with a, a tax advisor who is proactive. And unfortunately, most tax preparers and accountants are not. They are reactive.
So think about those things because that is what we offer here at Warren Wealth. All right, coming up next, um, I think we're going to shift it around. I think I'm going to get into some tax planning tips that you can implement before the year is over. And then we'll go into the emails and news, all that stuff. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. song that uh, actually it does what uh, the title is. It makes me happy. It does. You know, it it's is. a good one. It is. This is by Pharrell Williams. So this song came out uh, about seven years ago, almost eight years ago now, right? Um, 2013. Yep. Number one in the U.S., number one in the U.K. This is a good song. Happy makes me feel happy. Happy on this Sunday. It's just the way it is. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do, basically, is go to WarrenWealth.net. You put in some information, and you will receive a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement. From all the risks that threaten your nest egg, and we are talking about investment risk, market risk, which is the same thing, but more importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, just go to warrenwealth.net, and uh, we can send you that uh, retirement rescue game plan free of charge. So. Um, this is what I wanted to get into. So uh, I started the first segment by basically talking about um, how taxes are important, how we're in tax planning season, and talked about uh, how advisors now are uh, trying to get you uh, with the bait and switch. A lot of these financial uh, brokers and financial uh, advisors are trying to get you with the bait and switch by talking specifically about um, um Taxes are doing workshops on taxes and they really don't know anything and they're just trying to get you in the door. And then I talked about how accountants are basically just historians who don't really practice, for the most part, generally speaking, proactive tax planning. Uh, when that's basically what we do here in the office. So um, I talked about uh, what to do and how to be proactive uh, before the end of the year so you can put more money in your pocket and less in Uncle Sam. So let's talk about some of these tax planning things that you should be looking to do before the end of the year. Um, because, by the way, I know that many of these popular uh, tax planning strategies um, that I'm going to talk about, they are or they have been at least uh, at uh, one period or, or the next on the chopping block as the new administration debates on how to pay for their $1.9 trillion uh, spending package. However, though, like I said, now is the time to consider these year-end moves so you can lower your tax bill. All right, so, um, and that's, by the way, regardless of what, what, what happens in, uh, in Congress. So, um, all right, oh, by the way, just because they are, there are impending tax changes on the horizon, even if there weren't, 
you still should be doing year in tax planning. So um, uh, a few different tips. Number one is um, I would suggest offsetting investment gains with losses. So you might want to consider what is called tax loss harvest, harvesting, which allows uh, you to offset your capital gains with your losses. So um, basically, if you've had uh, some winners in your portfolio and you've had some losers, like uh, a lot of people do, uh, then basically you can offset those capital gains, right, with uh, your losses, uh, which you can also do, especially if you're one of those investors who had uh, uh, a lot more losses than you did gains, you can even deduct or carry over for a lack of better terms, but you can deduct $3,000 of your capital losses if they exceed your gains against your regular income. All right. Um, So uh, that is probably a good strategy. uh, And that is what I call tax, not what I call it, but what uh, the industry calls tax loss harvesting. All right. So um, what else can you do? All right. Well, um, let's do what uh, I talk about here in the office a lot. Uh, you can do Roth conversions. Um, and really, we're having another year of, or a lot of people have had uh, another year of uh, unsteady um, income. Uh, and so that sometimes leaves a, an opportunity for people, especially if you uh, have been uh, working or you're still in the workforce to do some Roth conversions, right? And so what does that do? So most people have all of their investments or the majority of their investments in these tax-deferred accounts, 401ks, IRAs, things of that nature. And these things have not been taxed yet. They're taxed when you pull that money out. What tax rate do you pay? You basically pay uh, whatever tax rates are at the time that you pull that money out. And so right now we are in a historically low um, tax environment. I know that if you watch some of these new program news programs, uh, they act like uh, taxes are uh, the worst they've ever been. When actually they are the lowest that they've been in over a uh, a generation. And so that gives people an opportunity to take advantage of lower tax rates now. So all the money that most people have in their tax deferred accounts, um, not all, but some, uh, you're able to. Uh, move some of that money, uh, or even all of it, but you don't might, might not want to do it all in one fell swoop, move that money from that tax-deferred bucket into that tax-free bucket via Roth conversions. Now, yes, because you are transitioning money out of your tax-deferred accounts, there is a tax that is due. However, just like I said, we're in the lowest tax rate environment we've had in a long time. It might make sense, like I said, for some people, not for all, to take advantage of the low tax rates now, knowing that they are going to go up in the future because these current tax rates, they do expire at the end of 2025. So uh, Roth conversions uh, are a pretty uh, decent strategy uh, to utilize uh, moving forward. Now, I do know that uh, um, from what I understand, I I think that they were, um, and when I say they, this current administration, uh, they were discussing uh, repealing the Roth conversions. Is that still on the slate or did they take that off? I don't, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, they're trying to um, do away with backdoor IRA contributions and um, a backdoor IRA includes Roth conversions. So they okay. are trying to do away uh, with those. What, what about uh, step up in basis? I, I was meeting with, with a client this past week and 
he was talking about he was going to be able to um, inherit some money. And basically, when you inherit uh, money um, uh, from uh, a mother or father or someone like that, you're able to get what's called a step up in your cost basis. So um, if they have a, an asset that they purchase cheap, let's say a house, they purchased for $10,000 back in uh, 1960 and say now it's worth a million bucks. Um, once they die and if that house passes over to the beneficiary, um, instead of having to pay the taxes on the gains that that house made over those years, you actually get a step up in your cost basis. So now um, your basis based on um, when you receive it would be that million dollars, right? A million mm-hmm. dollar home. So yep. is that... Still on the chopping block, or is that gone? It's gone. It's off the table. Good. Okay. Yes. Good. So that's so, so that's good. So um, anyway, to get back to these Roth conversions, that is something that um, uh, you might want to look into, especially uh, if you have a lot of money sitting in that tax deferred bucket, knowing that tax rates are these tax rates are, are set to expire. All right. And so, um, what's the third tip? So uh, just to recap, the, the first tip is to do uh, what is called tax loss harvesting, basically offsetting investment gains with uh, your investment losses. Uh, another tip is to look into Roth conversions or Roth conversion strategies. Can I jump in real quick? Sure. So I have a, a, a quick story. Um, I'm on those financial uh, Facebook groups um, uh, and text Facebook groups. And in one of them, well, hey, it's going to the blind back. leading the blind. It's going to come back full circle. So somebody uh, asked, hey, can I use tax loss harvesting, basically using some uh, losses that I have in my portfolio to offset um, the Roth conversion income because they're trying to combine those two year end tax planning strategies doing uh, tax loss harvesting and completing a Roth conversion. And like you just said, the answer is no, right. well, at least not the well. full amount. You can only uh, deduct up to $3,000 against your ordinary income. I know. And uh, see, the only thing about really just in general, just Facebook in general, I'm not going to get into this discussion about Facebook, mm-hmm. but just a lot of the misinformation. Yes. Or yeah. you go onto a Facebook group and a lot of times you don't know who's throwing that information out. Is it somebody who knows what they're talking about? Yes. And most of the time, like I said, it's the blind leading the blind. I had to weed giving... through a lot of comments before I got to the right answer because yeah. there's you hear a yes and no, yeah. and it's who do you believe? There you go. The right person. Go. That's right. Like uh, this... Uh, radio host right now. That's who you believe. Um, anyway, <laughs> and I, I still, uh, I still have you fact check me right. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. Um, so the last tip, charitable giving, um, you know, so, uh, if you are charitable at heart, um, you know, you can take advantage of, uh, some of these, uh, deductions by giving to charity. As a matter of fact, um, um, I know last year, um, with the secure act, they gave taxpayers the opportunity to get what's called an above-the-line deduction on uh, what they give out to uh, or, or, or what they would what they give to to charity. So you, I know last year in 2020 it was 300 bucks per tax unit uh, that you could deduct above the line, um, and that means without having to itemize um, your deductions um, uh, to get credit for giving to a charity. And uh, for 2021, now it is. Uh, $600. So, and that is if you are married filing jointly, because last in 2020, regardless of if you were married filing jointly, you only got the $300 above the line deduction. And this year now, if you're married filing jointly, you get $600 above the line charitable 
deduction. Um, if you're single, you still get the 300 bucks, but um, you might want to take advantage uh, of that. Uh, if you're older, retired, uh, and you've done well, what I mean, you have uh, low expenses, maybe you have uh, mailbox money, a pretty uh, chunky um, Social Security check coming in, uh, and maybe even even a, a, a fatter um, pension check, and you're at that required minimum, minimum distribution age, whether that was when you were 70 and a half or now when you're 72, uh, and you don't need that required minimum, minimum distribution, uh, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution where you basically take your, uh, the money that you have to pull out of your IRA or your um, uh, company retirement plan or your former company retirement plan and you can send that required minimum, minimum distribution directly to your church and or charity uh, that you support. And it does not count as taxable income. And once again, that is a QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution. Um, and I know that uh, we have uh, clients and we've met with people who like to take advantage of that because they're in a position where they don't need that IRA money and they send it directly to the charity and they don't have to pay the taxes on it. That's some good stuff. I'm giving you gems here, people. Good, solid information and gems that you can take with you that's going to put more money in your pocket and less than Uncle Sam's. All right, coming up next, we're going to answer your emails. I'm going to be spitting more gems and answering your questions. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. It's a nice little ditty. I think this is um this is Daft Punk with Pharrell. Um, get lucky. Mm-hmm. You know what? This was a, a tw- this came out in 2013. This was a good year for Pharrell. It was a good year. I think this is when he actually like came mainstream, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Happy and then Get Lucky. Mm-hmm. You know? People are generally happy when they get lucky. You know, this was number uh, two in the U.S. and number one in the U.K. So he had some big hits. Pharrell Williams' name probably became known worldwide when my mother knew who this guy was. He's like a share, right? Everybody knows him by his first name. Yeah. One name, Pharrell. Madonna. Madonna. Cher. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany. Um, who? There you go. Just kidding. LeBron. Who? Just kidding. Yeah. Marcus. We do this all day. Anyway, um, welcome back uh, to the show. <laughs> the Marcus Warren Show, by the way. Um, and so what are we supposed to get into now? Oh, well, first I want to say, you know what you can do? You can request this retirement rescue game plan. Physical packet of information has a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to... Uh, my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. So remember to request that free retirement rescue game plan by going to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net, and you'll get that information that is jam-packed with knowledge that you can use. Anyway, you know what it's time for? It is time to get into some emails here. Yes, it's email, email time. It's time to check the mail. Hey, listeners, if you have a question for Marcus, you can now leave us a message on the Ask Marcus line. How does it work? Call 502 622 
1337 and leave a message with your question. If it's a good one, it might be featured on the show. Just call the Ask Marcus line, 502-622-1337, and you might hear your question on the show. First one today is from Eric. He says, I'm thinking about starting my own business, but I would have to pull money, about $75,000 out of my IRA, which would require paying taxes and penalties. I'm not scared of those penalties, but I'm interested to hear your take on it. Um, well, Eric, um, you know, I would need to know really what your entire financial picture looks like in order to really evaluate whether that makes sense for you. But, um, you know, obviously if you had a big portfolio, $5 million or something like that, and you're taking out 75, then of course it's probably not that big of a deal. But if you, you know, have just say 80,000 saved and you want to take out almost all of it, um, uh, to start the business, then, you know, my advice might not be uh, so affirming. So, you know, I do understand that, you know, you might be excited uh, to start your business and you may have a high degree of confidence like most do when they initially start a business. But I think it's best uh, to sit down and evaluate just how much of a risk it is and how it will impact your retirement. Um, you know, there are many different factors that come into play when you run uh, and own your own business. Um, and we've seen the strain uh, that the coronavirus pandemic has has put on thousands of small business owners across the country. Um, and many had to shut down uh, when that hit. And, you know, sometimes when you know that you're all set with your retirement, uh, it does put, let pre does put less pressure uh, on you to make uh, the business successful, uh, and it can make you a, a better business owner, um, or heck, even vice versa. Some people might like working under pressure and um, knowing that there is no plan B. And really, basically, it all depends on you individually. Um, it's very important, Eric, to objectively evaluate the risk. You know, as people do uh, make emotional decisions, especially when it comes to uh, our um, uh, our, our retirement or our money. Uh, the other factor is to consider your, your time horizon. I'm not sure if he said how old he was. No, I don't think he did. Mm -mm. Um, uh, how much time do you have to make the business successful before you uh, might have to pivot and pursue other options? Um, and then, of course, you got to think uh, about the worst case scenario. You know, if your business, business doesn't, doesn't succeed and you lose that 75K, uh, how would that impact your retirement portfolio? And by the way, um, um, generally when you start a business, you know, that initial, uh, seed investment to get the business started is just that it's just the, uh, the first drop in the bucket of, you know, money that, uh, tends to spill out when you initially, uh, start a business. So, you know, I would think about that also. Um, anyway, if you need more guidance, uh, Eric, just, you know, go to talktomarcus.com. We can schedule a time to talk it through and I can give you uh, a better idea, better advice. The IRS puts in um, some disincentives from taking money from your retirement accounts um, for purposes other than your retirement. Um, right. You know, of course, there's the penalties, and if it's in employer plans, you really can't access it until you yep. leave that employer or until you retire. Um, and I think they, they do that for a specific reason, so that you try to look for some other alternatives. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't work. Pretty well, because most people Doesn't borrow from their 401ks, yeah. they, or they have an IRA, they have good intentions, and then they take money out. That is why we have this retirement crisis, and 
um, you know, and that's where we are. But uh, hopefully that's not Eric's situation. No. All right, what else? Okay, next one is from Rebecca. She says, my mom passed away early last year and left me an IRA of about $350,000 in it. Um, she says, what do I need to know about this account and how should I invest it? You know what's interesting? You know what I like? I, I, it, it's, it's funny how, um, you know, a lot of uh, the callers and or emails uh, we get that they, you know, put the, you know, the dollar amount in there, mm-hmm. which is, you know, good. I mean, I, I like to, you know. Honesty. No, but mm-hmm. I mean, the advice would be the same, even if you, she left you $200,000 or mm-hmm. 50000 right? Mm-hmm. I mean. What you, should, what you should do with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, well, we're actually when it comes, especially in inherited IRA, which is basically what uh, what you have, uh, Rebecca, um, one of the biggest things that you need to know is that you're going to have to take that money out uh, of that inherited IRA that you got from your mother um, uh, over the next 10 years. Um, you know, it could be a certain amount every year. You could say, all right, um, going to take out 10% uh, each year for mm-hmm. the next uh, 10 years, or you could leave it in uh, all the way into the 10th year and then take it all out. But um, what's going to happen and what the government and IRS wants you to do is they want you to deplete that IRA within those 10 years. Um, and then you also might have to take a required minimum, minimum distributions depending on how old your mother was when she passed. Um, so, um, you will have to make those withdrawals, and then you'll need, hopefully, uh, I always say you'll need a financial plan uh, for what to do with that money. You know, should you pay off your debt? Should you invest it? Should you save it for your retirement? Um, and then you need to think about whether it makes sense to convert any of it to tax-free so that you don't have to worry about future tax rates being higher when you take that money out. Um, what else? Oh, um, uh, what you do with it is really going to depend on your personal financial situation. Uh, whether or not you invest it will basically depend on your time horizon. You know, do you need the money soon or will you be okay if you invest it for the next 10 or 15 years and let it grow um, and hopefully double, uh, triple, whatever you, uh, whatever you hope it might do. But uh, the bottom line, Rebecca, is the rules for inherited IRAs, they just changed recently. And the IRS will penalize you if you don't follow them. So be sure to speak with a tax professional and you need to develop a specific plan that follows the new rules. Um, we can help you with that, obviously. Just go to talktomarcus.com and schedule that 15-minute call and we can iron, iron out any specific uh, details. All right, uh, let's do one more. Okay. Larry says, I'm 62 years old and I have a significant amount of money saved, but he doesn't tell us how much. Oh, mm. Significant. He says, but how do I know when I have enough to retire? Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, the decision for when to retire all becomes a function of, <clears throat> of income. Uh, how much income will you need to have uh, when you are in retirement and where will that income come from. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, I met with uh, a gentleman early, uh, earlier uh, this week. And, and, you know, I, I, I generally, actually, he, he, was in a, he was in a situation where his house wasn't even fully paid off, but he had a, a low mortgage. Um, and his other expenses were um, about two to $3,000 um, a month in his other expenses. However, 
he was getting Social Security of three thousand uh, dollars each month, and he had a pension of uh, about three thousand um, dollars each month. And so, um, and then he had a little other small pension, but basically he had total income coming in of close to, you know, seven thousand dollars a month, right? And so, um, and then he had a what I would consider, you know, not that, you know, a smaller um, IRA account. And he said, you know, I'm not rich by any means. And I said, ooh, contraire, mon frere, um, simply because his expenses, which were, you know, a little over $3,000 a month, um, his income that was coming in was, you know, at least double that, right? And so he was going to be fairly comfortable uh, in retirement. And I would dare to say that, um, you know, is he rich on um, in, you know, the terms that most people use rich? And, you know, the answer is no. But is he going is he well off and is he going to be comfortable throughout his retirement and not have to worry about um, uh, running out of money in retirement or if his uh, income is going to cover all of his expenses? And the answer is, you know, no, he's not going to have to worry about about some of those things, because I have met with people who people would consider rich because of their large IRA balances and incomes and things of that nature. The problem is, is that they spend more than what comes in. And retirement is that general function of income. How much do you have coming in versus how much you have going out? And so the first thing you need to do, Larry, is determine your budget. Um, it's very tough because people tend to underestimate their expenses. Uh, everyone has been told that when you retire, you're going to spend less money than while you were working. Uh, but that's generally not the case. Why would you even want that to be the case? Uh, many retirees, uh, a lot of them have paid their mortgage off. Um, and we may not need to buy, you know, things like work clothes or spend money on the community longer. But all those expenses generally head and go towards other things. Um, one major expense you have to think about is healthcare because we know that costs go up and when you get older, uh, Medicare does not cover everything. Of course, I always talk about taxes. Um, you gotta keep that in mind. Um, and then, you know, you also need to consider uh, the fact that you're gonna have more time to do all the things that you wanted to do uh, when you got to retirement, uh, spend money on the grandkids or hang with the grandkids. You wanna travel, your leisure activities. Um, and those things cost money. So you have to determine and make sure you have that realistic budget and then look to see where that where the money will come in to pay for some of those things. Like I talked about guaranteed income sources, uh, Social Security, pensions. Uh, that's fantastic. And then generally there's a gap. And if there is a gap between guaranteed income sources and your retirement expenses, then you'd basically use your retirement savings to fill that gap. So, um, the bottom line is it's all about income. You have to start with the budget. Um, matter of fact, if you want to uh, schedule a time to, to speak with uh, me, just go to talktomarcus.com. We can uh, look at your expenses, your income, and run a cash flow projection for you there, uh, Larry. So there you go. All right, we're done. Coming up next, we're going to jump into some news you can use and some news you can't use. This is The Marcus Warren Show. Oh, look at this. This is a good song right here. All right. This is Pharrell. We're staying uh, consistent here. That's what we do. <laughs> yep. This is, uh, this is freedom, right? Freedom. Now, um, this song came out in 2015. 
that always makes me laugh. First name is Free, last name is Dumb. Oh, yeah. I mean, Freedom. Alright, so this was a top 40 hit here in the U.S. and okay. a top 40 hit in the uh, in the U.K. All right. So not bad. Nice. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right. Oh, and he's, uh, you know, screaming there. Love passionate. Yeah, he's yeah. passionate about freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, we, as we all should be. Anyway, um, there you are. As we head into this, uh, where are we headed into? Oh, um, this uh, Thanksgiving week. That's right. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Freedom to eat freedom. what I want to eat and not care. Okay. Right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. If I go back two or three times yeah. for helpings, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. I'm it's free. Okay. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what Pharrell's singing about, right? Yes. I'm um, sure he is. All right, let's do this. Let's jump into some news you can use. Well, CVS said Thursday that it will close about 900 stores over the next three years as it adjusts to shoppers who are buying more stuff online. The drugstore chain and healthcare company announced in a news release that they're focusing more of their efforts on digital growth and turning their stores into destinations that offer a range of medical services like flu shots, diagnostic tests, etc. Store closures are beginning early, um, are beginning spring next year. The company said they plan to close uh, 300 stores per year, um, roughly nine percent of their uh, in total uh, 10,000 U.S. stores. Um, In a similar um, line. Amazon uh, has reached a deal to sell virtual medical services to Hilton in the United States. Hilton. mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, um, you know, with uh, telehealth Mm -hmm. now and uh, online health, which was accelerated, by the way, with the the shutdown and the uh, pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, um, you know, did start... um, uh, utilizing the online uh, nurses and docs who, were the, who, mm-hmm. who can answer questions, you know, things of that nature. And so I did that. You know, I did that one time last year. I had I've, a cough and I I didn't even have to get on the phone no. with anybody. I texted my way through yeah. that conversation. Me too. And I've done that through, you know, even before the pandemics. But uh, because it's just, by the way, the, the going to the doctor's office, that's just, it's a waste of time. It's inefficient. And yes, very inefficient. Just to sit there, number one. Your appointment will be at a certain time. And then you get there and you don't. And you sit there and you wait for the doctor for a good 30 to 45 minutes. And then when you initially get in, you don't even see the doctor. They just move you from the main waiting room to a little smaller waiting room. The exam room and then the nurse comes in. Well, number one, you wait another 10 minutes. Then the nurse comes in and then the doctor comes in and spends like three or four or five minutes with you and then he's gone. Yep. Right? Total waste of time. Total inefficient. Very inefficient. And so, um, anyway, you, you've seen the move towards uh, more efficiencies uh, such as, as uh, telehealth and things of that nature. And um, it looks like uh, CVS is either, you know, on board, you know, shifting a lot of their focus to uh, um, to virtual. what's what's mm-hmm. uh, what, what's coming. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Virtual. Mm-hmm. Virtual health. I like yes. that. Instead of telehealth. It's not like you're on a phone, but. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Yep. All right, what else we got? Alrighty, um, shares of Rivian tumbled this week in their first decline since the electric vehicle maker went public uh, last oh. week. Yes, <laughs> my first I'm question was, who's, what's what? Rivian? Yes, electric vehicle company went public in the biggest U.S. IPO since Facebook, a ninety billion dollar valuation. I wonder who. So and now it's. Back to back to earth, right? Well, Is that what you're saying? It's still up. Um, well, probably still up, but still. But yes. So uh, let's see. Despite the drop, the electric vehicle maker still has a market capitalization of 120 billion, okay. which is more than General Motors and Ford 
Right. Um, the valuation is kind of a testament to massive investor interest in electric vehicles. I think some people are it's also hype. thinking it's going to be the next Tesla. Um, but do they make cars? Investors. Yes, or are they, they make, just, yes. oh, so they, mer- they make electric cars. They gotcha. do. They make electric vehicles. Um, Amazon has a 20% stake in Rivian. It's also its biggest customer. Place an order for 100,000 electric uh, delivery vans. Okay. Um, and it's funny, Tesla's, we talked about Tesla. Tesla's uh, CEO, Elon Musk, said um, the true test for Rivian will be in achieving production and breaking even in cash flow. Hey, because how about uh, um, Elon Musk? Like I'm, I got a little Elon Musk fatigue. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you got a, a another rival which probably won't rival you because you know they're ahead. They're so far ahead, mm-hmm. but you know, there's there's always always secondary and tertiary players come in. So yeah. just. Just focus on yourself, Elon. Yes. Leave well, Rivian alone. I know that Tesla. Tesla's I don't even had care about some, Rivian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, production issues as well. It's just kind of a part of a part of the industry. Um, uh, yeah. My thing is just that these there's a, a Rivian, and then there's Lucid Motors, um, another electric vehicle company whose shares are just going up despite uh, earnings, you know, not showing or not. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, whatever I'm trying to say, they're not underlying the, right. the valuation right. of the stock. Right. I mean, it, it's all. I mean, most of the stuff is speculation anyway. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, with uh, the electric car market, but um, um, you know, people are excited as they do. That greed kicks in, and people have that FOMO, um, and so they they jump on. Stock price jumps up, and we shall. Well, I will not keep an eye on Rivian, but. I'm sure we'll... I'll let you know. We'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, let's do another. Okay. Starbucks has opened a pickup cafe in Midtown Manhattan this week using cashierless technology that has been developed by Amazon. Man, you talk about uh, Elon Musk fatigue. Are uh, taking Amazon fatigue. Over. Yes. Uh, no, no, you don't. You have Amazon Prime. I do. And you order all your stuff from Amazon. I actually do buy everything that I own on Amazon. You're right. Thank you very much. Um, So the partnership with Amazon is the latest step in Starbucks' plan to adapt its locations to consumers' new habits. Nearly, of course, another change uh, uh, accelerated really by the pandemic. Um, Starbucks announced that it is revamping the U.S. footprint. Of course, they're adding mobile, more mobile pickups, more drive-through options available, and now this cashierless option where you basically just go in. Um, there's scanners that oh, so it's see like who you are. So it's like Amazon. It's, it's like the the Amazon stores that, yes. that that they've they've tested and they have in mm-hmm. uh, major metropolitan areas, New York. The Amazon Go to go, yeah. something like that. Where you mm-hmm. walk in, you don't even all you do is pick up your stuff and walk out. Yes. And they use facial recognition and all this yep. stuff to charge your account. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, um, I'm telling you, it's like some uh, Minority Report, Tom Cruise it movie is. type stuff. Oh, that's exactly um, what it's like. It's uh, some, you know, I mean, the robots and AI is taking over pretty soon. We yes. will be in the robot uh, apocalypse, okay. um, like Terminator. iRobot. Um, uh, yeah, and then we'll be, well, you know, hey, all good things come with, you know. Come with the price. That's true. You know what I mean? I'm yes. telling you. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, of course, the robots are taking over even jobs. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, cashierless, I which know, means no more saying. cashiers. No more jobs. There you go. Boy, we, we know really how to uh, take the fun <laughs> out of we are kind of down a new story, which we really, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But thank you for that news you can use. You know, if we were done with that news you could use, that would be enough. But we got to give everyone what they want, and they want the news you can't use. 
Okay, so a Welsh woman earned a Guinness World Record for her <sighs> for, you'll like this one, her collection of Harry Potter memorabilia. Okay, okay, why is that a record? So obviously, um, she must have a lot to have the Guinness Book of World, uh, the, the Guinness Book record, uh, because I am sitting next to a Harry Potter fanatic. Where? Um, and if Ooh. she has more than you, then she must have billions of items. So give me the number. 5,284 pieces of Harry Potter collectible items, which really, that doesn't seem like very much. No, I mean, Guinness she World only beat record. you by like 20. Yeah. Jeez, I right. mean, you probably can okay. you know, go on to All Amazon right. and uh, use your Amazon Prime account and Wait. order 25 more, and then we'll get you in that we're book. Going, we're going back full circle. Well, hey, look, her wedding was Harry Potter themed. Her collection takes up three whole rooms in her house. Nerd. I think she's got me beat for Harry Potter. Nerd. Wait, 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 wait. wait. She does. You just said she's married? Yes. Oh, I'm very, very surprised. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I'm very okay. surprised. Well, hey, here's here's another one that you'll be surprised by. A man recently moved from D.C. Well, let me tell you something real quick. Because, you know, if this were the oh, opposite, gosh. there would be a oh, single man. man. If he collected, say, Advent, uh, Avenger or Marvel. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, say, yeah, let's, let's say Star Wars stuff. And he had held that world record. He would be single now. He would, he would be single, you know, and many other things. But well, he definitely me- would be single versus... You know, mm-hmm. this Welsh lady yes. who has all this Harry Potter stuff yes. and um, uh, is uh, at least married. I'm not going to say oh, happily, oh, but oh, you know, she's definitely married. Let me tell you about Bill McBride, who recently moved to the Rio Grande Valley with his wife. Um, and he st- and, uh, with his wife and 70,000 items related to the Star Wars villain Darth Vader. He has 70,000 okay. Darth Vader. Vader he sprung that on her items. after they got married. They probably didn't. He probably didn't dress up as Dark Vader for their wedding. It probably wasn't a Star Wars. It might not wedding. have been Star Wars themed. I bet you it was because the wedding's for the woman. That's true. Right? That's weddings true. for the women. But yes, he has two. He spent two hundred and seventy thousand dollars on his Star Wars items, collecting it for thirty years. Had to be before and remains married. Yes, but he must have got married after that. He got married at a late age. Oh. Definitely after Uh-oh. 30 years of collecting on, and spending see? that much money. What? I just, I, I don't know what. Uh, maybe it's, maybe he's married would, to the Welsh what, lady what who has that. the collection of uh, Harry uh, Potter that'd items. That'd be the worst maybe house. They, they need to. That, got that, together. That'd be uh, a heck of an episode for um, for hoarders. Because I'm sure if they got married, that'd be, uh, that'd be insane. It would be there a lot. There you go. But thank you, Dee, for that news you can't use. And we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.